Let's talk all about lead generation. You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. You have a great website, right? Well, make sure you host it at some place that doesn't suck. Hey, it's Brad Newman, fellow VO pro for 28 years and owner of UpperLevelHosting.com. People ask why us, and that's simple. We make it easy, respect your time, save you money, and just make all the magic happen. You don't need to know all the tech stuff when it comes to hosting your website. We got you. Ask around tens of thousands of client interactions later and six years of amazing customer service and not a single negative complaint ever. UpperLevelHosting.com The VOpreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott the original Everyday VOpreneur. Hello and welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. I'm Mark Scott, the original Everyday VOpreneur. The mission every week is simple. How can I give you actionable, practical advice that you can use to grow your voiceover business? And I'm pretty sure that we've accomplished that with today's episode. Now, just before we get there, I want to remind you, so you can mark this on your calendar, you can start preparing for it now, VoiceOver Marketing Playbook is coming back again in April. So if you were not able to get in on the January offering, I get it. You probably got bills to pay after Christmas and the holidays. Maybe April is going to be better timing for you. Playbook will be back again April 11th through the 20th, 2023. April 11th through the 20th, 2023. So watch for details at voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. So I want to talk to you about lead generation today because obviously that is a big part of the job, but it's a part that voice actors struggle with. If you are someone who has built your business primarily through using online casting or through agent auditions, then the idea of going out and having to find your own voiceover work, which means finding your own leads, might be a little bit daunting for you. I think that after this episode, you're going to feel a little bit more confident in your efforts. If you want more voiceover work, you need more auditions. And if you want more auditions, you need more leads. So then, of course, the question becomes, what is a lead? Where do I look for them? And how do I find the necessary information I need to contact them? And that is a topic that my guest today specializes in. As a successful voice actor doing a lot of her own marketing, she's become an expert in lead generation simply by finding and contacting so many of them. Her clients include LinkedIn, Pandora, and Lexus. Welcome to the show, Nadia Marshall. Thank you, Mark. It's an absolute joy to be on the podcast today. Now, I know that we're going to talk about lead generation, but there's one thing that we need to talk about first, which might be just a little bit more important. I, I need to, to hear the story of getting tens of thousands of views by sing swearing on social media. Okay. So besides being a voice actor, I'm also a professional singer. I'm an opera singer and I do other styles like musical theater and so on. So I have a friend who is a composer, and he came w up with this idea of, get this, rock music, opera, and DJ beats in a particular new piece. That's very eclectic. Yeah, yeah. Sounds really cool. <laughs> so I'm looking through the music, and it's a very, very campy, very kind of stupid uh, piece of music. But there's this whole section where there's a lot of cursing, and there's one section in particular. We're going to keep this E-rated. Um, so there's a section that rhymes with duck, and I say it quite a few times in a row, but he puts it in a higher register of my voice, and he wants it to be very operatic. So because I thought it was hilarious, 
I took a video and posted it on Instagram, not thinking much of it and just saying, oh, as an opera singer, I get paid to curse for money. It is close to 50,000 views. And I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> it's the most random thing. That's why. Like, I think one of the things that people love about social media is when they find these random things that just don't make sense or it's something that just is so unexpected. And I don't think that there's anybody that associates opera and profanity. Like those two things don't seem to collide. It is a real thing. But I think for the general public, I would agree. I don't think it's yeah. something they associate with. I would not have known until I saw the video and was like, what am I watching right now? And then I was having random people messaging me saying, oh, my brother sent me this. And I was like, I know her. <laughs> it was I mean, it was something I thought it was hilarious. And and I think, well, what I also love about it, because I, I know this about you, too. I know that you're you one of your ultimate goals is to be able to sing for video games. And, and so right. looking for ways that you can demonstrate your singing capabilities, but doing it in a unique, fun way that potentially gets you in front of a very large audience of people. I mean, obviously, you have now accomplished that goal through sing swearing <laughs> on Instagram. So if anybody wants to see that, we'll, we'll put a link. I, I think I can link straight to that reel. So we'll do that in the show notes so anybody can go back and watch that one. Enjoy. And wear headphones so little ones don't hear it. Just just a just a warning. Yeah, that's right. You don't want to traumatize your children or anything. <laughs> All right. So let's talk lead generation. And let's start at the beginning with you doing your lead generation. Are you doing it on your own? Is it something that you now outsource? Is it a, a combination of those two things? What does it look like for you? So currently at this moment, I am outsourcing lead generation. But when I first started, I was doing my own lead generation and I was using a combination of mostly a search engine, I like Google, and a little bit of LinkedIn as well. But since we have seen, obviously, the rise of social media and social media platforms, I was also using particular social media platforms for particular genres, which I'm sure we can get into a little bit later. But it was a combination of those. That being said, I started to finally outsource lead generation sort of towards maybe like March or April of last year. And I ended up training two different people. And then, you know, they weren't able to continue for whatever reasons, which is absolutely fine. But then since I'd say maybe October or November, I found a lead generation and we've been working together consistently. I think that's got to be a big part of it for any voice actor. I think you got to do it for yourself, at least a little bit in the beginning, as miserable of a job as it is. And look, I'll be absolutely. the first to admit that it's a miserable job, but you've got to do it yourself so that you have a better understanding of how to do it so that you can ultimately teach somebody how to do it more effectively. Right. And so I think that's that's kind of what you've gone through. I'm guessing because you've had you said three now, right? You're on your third lead generator. So I'm guessing you've probably learned lessons along the way with each progressive lead generator for from a teaching standpoint of how to help them do a better job, find better leads or whatever. Definitely. I mean, what you just said, if you know how to search for leads, you can better train them. So, of course, along the way, if I'm telling someone, granted, unless I'm working with a fellow voice actor who knows exactly what I mean when I say, I need to find 50 explainer leads. Person who doesn't do voiceover is going to be like, I have no idea what that means. So if you are able to tell them, OK, you know, here's a basic way of me going into my favorite search engine and I'm looking for someone who is a producer and they happen to be a company that produces explainer videos. Ah, that's a perfect fit. Right. Rather than if you just tell someone point blank, how are they supposed to know? You know, you didn't know in the beginning when you were first starting out in voiceover. How is someone who is completely 
a freelance person who might be doing this just to get a little bit of extra money under their belt, whatever the case may be, they're not going to know anything. So if you have that experience yourself, then you can be able to better inform the person that you're training and hopefully continue to work with in the long run, you know, to get you the quality of leads that you want. But again, it's how well you know how to find it, then you can get the best quality of leads. That's one of the things that I say, you know, if you hire somebody and you say, okay, I want you to go out and find me voiceover leads. And then they come back with a list of voice actors and then you're all upset about it. But I'm like, well, actually, that's not their fault, right? They're only going to do a, as good of a job as, as what you teach them and the information that you give them. And so having that understanding before you get started makes a, a, a big difference in your ability to teach. So you, you touched on this a little bit, but let's go into it. Uh, let, let's talk about where you're looking for leads. You mentioned Google searches. You mentioned social media. Do you use the yellow pages at all? Or are you are you even old enough to know what the yellow pages are? Wow. Okay, you, hurtful. You, uh. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about you specifically. You said there are certain sites, certain places that you use for certain types of leads. So let's do a little bit of that as well. So mm -hmm. wh where are you looking and what are you looking for in those places? So we're sticking purely digital for the most part. I mean, Yes, there are some. Is there even yellow pages anymore? Who I don't knows? even know. <laughs> Who knows? Yellow pages sponsor this podcast. So, <laughs> but it, you know, you you even have some courses on this of your own, Mark, of like looking in your own community. Who's to say you can't do lead generation in your own backyard? Right. That that yep. is a separate thing. We're not necessarily talking about in our local community. Let's talk about in a digital standpoint. I will typically use Google and LinkedIn are probably my two favorites. But okay. if we're talking about social media platforms, for example, Twitter, RIP, but Twitter is typically where people go for maybe animation or video games. So if you can find a particular video game company that you really want to work with or an animation company, uh, then you could see their Twitter profile. 99% of the time, it's their most active social media profile. So yep. if that's what you're looking for, you would go there. Instagram and Facebook, depending on what genre it might be, maybe that e-learning company is really active on their Facebook page. Maybe that ex that company that produces explainer videos is most active on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I find that obviously Google and LinkedIn are, are fantastic and probably where I do 70% of lead generation in the past when I used to do it myself. But I think having social media, as we have seen, like the example of the cursing opera video, Yep. It can be a great way to have just that little extra leg up. It's that little bit of personalization in a different way that makes you stand out. If your social media profile is interesting, right? And, you know, you've talked about this in the past. You know, we, we are representing ourselves as not only our business, but as a human being. We are artists, yep. first and foremost. So... When you are, Mark, let's say you're reaching out to some sort of explainer company and turns out the guy who happens to run the social media account also loves barbecue and they see that you do barbecue. Oh, cool. I really want to talk to this guy. Yep. You, it's that little extra bit of connection that can get lost a bit with a cold email or with a LinkedIn connection. Maybe that you can have that little extra bit of je ne sais quoi with a Facebook interaction or a Twitter interaction or an Instagram sure. profile interaction, potentially LinkedIn too, but a little bit more, I think, than a Google search. So it's just that little bit of human connection that we s seek and we are, we're sought after. 
I think that can be a beautiful thing. Again, if they happen to have a very active Instagram or a very active Facebook, some of them, oh, they haven't posted anything in two years. So it might be a bit difficult. But if they're active, it can be another wonderful way to connect. It's interesting that, I mean, look, every every social media platform, and I've noticed this too, there are certain platforms that work better for certain things. Like LinkedIn obviously works fantastic for me for for e-learning and and a little bit more on the corporate Mm. side. And it makes sense for that platform to be there. I've heard a lot of other people that have said in the past characters, gaming, animation, things like that. Obviously, that's that's there's a lot of that going on on Twitter. It's funny you said Twitter, you know, rest in peace or whatever. And I, I had to laugh. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on on Twitter right now. We're all very curious to see what the end result of that is going to be. But I have to say, incredibly curious, I have noticed a major uptick in my reach in the last couple of weeks on Twitter. Really? Like a significant uptick mm. in reach and and that's one of the things that you know Mr. Musk has talked about that that it was a very closed platform before and 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 the the algorithm was very tight in in your reach your organic reach and that was something that he wanted to change and and it appears that that is something that has changed so depending on what happens you know I don't, I don't want to get into political debates and all of that sort of side it'll be a separate a separate off, off, off podcast. Yeah, that's another podcast for another day. But I can't help but notice that there have been some improvements, at least in the back end of of your reach and your ability to get in front sure. of people and for people to get your message on Twitter. And so I think that makes a difference as well. But um, what about now? I know you're doing Instagram. I know you've got your videos that are going up on TikTok as well. Are you just mm-hmm. putting stuff there just to put yourself out there just to see? Who see who finds me and see if it results in anything, or are there certain genres that you think you might be able to better target on some of those other platforms too? Great question. So, I mean, social media strategy aside, you know, you probably want to curate certain content for certain social media platforms, but I do notice, especially for maybe say TikTok, I might do a little more of the video game, like I want to do more video game singing, so I might post more of the video game. Uh, cover singing covers or I might do more of like the acting covers because then there could be a video game company or an animation company that has a profile that randomly sees it in their feed and oh interesting so but then maybe on Instagram I might post about tools in my business that I use every day and that e-learning company that I've been targeting might happen to see that video and be like, oh, well, that's the inside of her booth. Interesting. Okay. So she's clearly a professional, right? You never know what they could be paying attention to. Yep. So yeah, I mean, you curate content differently depending on what social media platform you have for sure. But I think it can sort of depend on what the client is looking at or what the end client or the person in between whoever you happen to be working with might pay attention to. So go ahead, show off your booth, show off, you know, maybe you have your iRig Pro connected to your phone and you're doing that acting challenge on TikTok. I've gotten jobs on TikTok that I didn't expect to get. I mean, you never know where the buyers are. So if we are curating that content, it could be another way to connect. Plus with lead generation, you could see who they're following. They could be following other studios that you may eventually want to reach out to. That's a smart one too. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's active and passive marketing, I guess, is what you would say, right? So that the active marketing, I, I would consider like I'm going out and I'm actively looking for leads, whether that's doing a Google search, mining social media, something like that. Mm-hmm. But then the passive lead generation side is by being a content creator and putting that content out there. You're giving leads the opportunity to potentially find and discover you. And so there's there's two sides to that coin. Now, when you're doing your lead generation, 
do you have any specific criteria for vetting your leads? How do you tell、mm. this one I'm going to reach out to? This one, nah, I, I think this one's probably not worth it. Are there anything, anything specific that you're looking for on their website or in their social media that that helps you decide? And and is that information that you obviously pass along to your lead generator as a as a way to vet as well? Sure, sure. I would say. A few things. One, if their website looks like it hasn't been updated since the late '80s, early '90s, that's a little concerning for me. If it's a GeoCities、uh, website, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, it's pretty easy. We've seen to make your own website, whether it is through Wix or WordPress. So I, I find it a little bit concerning if it looks like it hasn't been updated since then. That's a little bit of a, a, a tiny red flag. Another tiny red flag could be if I go to their YouTube channel or I go to their Vimeo because I do check. I do check because when I'm writing that cold email, I want to reference something.、Mm-hmm. If they only happen to have a Facebook profile and a YouTube profile, great. But when I go to check, they haven't posted anything on their YouTube channel since 12 years ago.、Yep. Okay, concerning. When I go to their Facebook, they haven't, you know, oh that this page no longer exists. Concerning. So. Not that I'm saying that they have to be incredibly active on their social media pages, but it's you know this is the world that we live in. This is 2023. It's true. We have seen with businesses that you have to at least have some social media presence. You don't have to have every single social media platform under the sun under your name, but the few that you might focus on, whether it be Facebook or YouTube or Vimeo, if you are not active on at least one of those. In some sort of way that it has been at least like one year or two years. That's usually my cutoff point. If it's been longer than two years, I'm a little bit concerned. Sure, yeah, that's definitely one of the things that I'm looking for as well. I, I, I when I'm doing coaching with voice actors and they're asking me to look at their website, one of the very first things I'll do is scroll down to the bottom of their website and look at their copyright、mm-hmm. date. And if I see that their copyright dates, you know, two or three years ago, because maybe that's when the website was created, I'll be like, hey, by the way, you might want to update that number just to make sure that people know that you're still active.、Right. And, 2023, which reminds me, I need to go onto my websites now and update those numbers because friendly reminder. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in 2023 now. It's not just about learning how to write the proper date on a check. I mentioned earlier in this episode that if you want more work, you need more auditions, and if you want more auditions, then you need more leads. So, where do we find leads? Casting sites and agents are obviously one of the first places that most voice actors look, and maybe that's where you're getting the bulk of your opportunities. But there are so many other places that you can be looking for voiceover work. You just have to know where. I want to help you figure out where through a masterclass that I've created called "101 Ways to Find Voiceover Leads." It is exactly what it says it is. Actually, not quite. It's actually more than 101 ways to find voiceover leads. But by the time you're done watching this masterclass, you are going to have so many ideas of where to look for voiceover work that I guarantee you've never thought of before. It is absolutely going to inspire you to increase your marketing efforts and look for leads in all kinds of new and fun places. You can get the details on this masterclass and sign up for instant access. At markscottcoaching.com, look for 101 ways to find voiceover leads. Again, it's available now for instant access at markscottcoaching.com. Now back to our show. So, what about when it comes to contacting? I know this maybe is a little outside of the purview of lead generation, but you found all of these leads now. What do you prefer? Is it email, social media? Are you are you a cold calling person? Are you an in person 
uh, networking kind of person? What do you enjoy for the actual contacting of the leads? I used to, when I was doing my own lead generation, it would be a combination of if I'm looking on the website, let's say, and the only email I can find is the info at or contact at hello at, yep. I would be a little frustrated, but at least it's an email. Yep. So I would try at least to do some sort of a cold email even to that ad, uh, address. And hopefully I have the name of the content, the contact, excuse me, of who I want to speak to, whether it be the digital producer or the, you know, lead executive, whoever. Then I would put their name, hello, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Cold email. Hope and pray that it gets to them. If not, then there might be a contact form. I don't like contact forms. Yes, I know it it is there for a reason and maybe they prefer that. Yep. But I would subsequent that with going to their LinkedIn and trying to connect with them on LinkedIn and send them an individual message. You know, not something that's like paragraphs long, of course, sure. but just a little bit of a, hey, blah, 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 blah. Hope you're having a great day. Happy Friday or whatever day it is. Sign off and maybe hope that they might check their LinkedIn. So if it's one particular situation where it's just that hello at, info at, and then I'll try LinkedIn as well, and hopefully one of them bites on that side, or if it's a contact form, then I'm definitely going to be also subsequenting that with a LinkedIn connection request as well. I think that's probably a good idea. You know, the contact form is like the dreaded thing, right? I've, I went on the website, I looked, I couldn't find an email anywhere. All I could find was a contact form. What am I supposed to do? It's it's the thing that we fear the most. But I, I've always said if that is literally the only option that you can find, there's not an email address to be found anywhere, then somebody has to be checking that contact form, right? right? And right. so at the very least, if you can figure out who you want to contact, use LinkedIn to figure that out, right? So then at least when you're filling out the contact form, you could address a specific individual that way. If the contact form is landing in the inbox of a some form of a gatekeeper, a receptionist or whatever, at least now they know who they should be forwarding it off to, which makes a Correct. big difference. But I like the idea of doing that quick search on LinkedIn, maybe sending that connection on LinkedIn, see if you can spark the conversation there as well. Now, I, this one's going to be tricky. I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit because I know this can be a very, very broad question. But let's talk about job titles. Because when we're mm -hmm. doing lead generation, we know, okay, we're going to do a Google search for corporate video production or explainer video production or whatever we're doing our Google search for. But now that we've landed on the website or maybe the LinkedIn company page, now we have to figure out who's the person or the most right person that I want to send an email to. So talk to me about some of the more common job titles that you're looking at. And I know this can vary from genre to genre, but maybe give us like a top five or something of the most common job titles that you're looking for or you're encouraging your lead generator to look for. Sure. No, that is the age old question when it comes to lead generation is, you know, job titles. And I will also try to keep in mind as well, when I am getting clients who are reaching out to me, whether it is through pay to play sites or direct, you know, maybe they filled out the contact form on my website or they emailed me directly. I'll check and see what's their job title. And if nice. it's a job title I'm not that familiar with, I'll make a note of it. Because yep. as we have seen with this market, just in general, there are some people who are asking for voice actors who we wouldn't have thought yeah. would be the people that are the voice buyers. The graphic design consultant. 
Ex- what? You yeah, know, that they're would, asking that for would a be like so far down the bottom of my list if I was exactly. vetting. Yep. Exactly. So it, sometimes you do have to play a little bit of a risk game. But I, I try to keep that in mind just to keep my mind open. But typically, you know, I won't necessarily go for the founder and CEO because they probably are already busy. Yep. Unless they are the only person I can find their email for on the website. Let's say I'm looking at a website and the founder and CEO has their email, their LinkedIn profile, and like maybe a little Instagram bubble underneath their little picture in their bio. Clearly, they want someone to contact them. So if I can't find anybody else, I'm going to contact them. But otherwise, I'll try to look for someone that might be, let's say executive producer or lead producer. Maybe for video games, I'll look for a video game developer, audio engineer or, um, you know, conversation design engineer or something to that effect. I won't necessarily go for someone that might have the video game design portion because most of the time they're probably just working on the graphics. They wouldn't be working on the, you know, that side of things. For e-learning, you know, you're going to look at your experienced designer or something to that effect, probably. So yeah, it is dependent on genre to genre. And that is something I'm actively thinking of is like, okay, what can I possibly write down to keep for everybody? Documentaries like documentary producer, documentary filmmaker, probably. But that being said, there have been people who are videographers who are contacting us because they're the middleman for the end client. And they're finding us on Voice123, Badalgo, you know, VO Planet, wherever. So it's a little bit of a risk, but I think the more and more practice that you do on your own to then train your lead generator, then you kind of get a sense of, oh, yeah, that, that feels right or mm, maybe not quite the right person. So you kind of get a, a little bit of an idea of who it can be once you've done that practice yourself. I like what you said about paying attention to the people that are contacting you and, and obviously the people that you're working with ultimately and what are their job titles because you're going to start to see trends when you're doing that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that that I have found, and I had this conversation with an e-learning client, is this generation that's coming into the market now and and are starting to be decision makers and buyers. One thing that seems very common is everybody wants to have their own unique job title now. Like that's that's one of the things that makes them feel special or sets them apart or, or whatever. And so this uh, this person had done this list of like did a survey of like a hundred different instructional designers, which by trade, we'll say they are instructional designers. Mm-hmm. And after the survey of these hundred people, she came up with like fifty some odd different job titles that were all unique. like, but every one of these people was an instructional designer. They just right. didn't want that on their business card because they wanted a a special fancy title or whatever, which makes unique. it so much more difficult for us. Yeah, to... there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But from our point of view, yeah, it makes it harder for us. Yeah, yeah. It makes it so much harder. So I sometimes it literally is just looking on a LinkedIn company page and, mm-hmm. and clicking onto the employees that work there, just kind of scrolling through and just taking your best guess. And I think the other thing, too, is I have put in emails before. I don't know if you do this, but I'll put if I'm if I'm really not sure if I've got the right person, just a little note at the bottom, maybe like, hey, by the way, if you're not the person that handles voice actors or works with voice actors, would you be willing to forward this email to the person who oh, is? That's a good, mm-hmm. you know, try to cover my bases that way. To add to that, actually, to add to that, I think if if you really are unsure, there's no harm in contacting more than one person from that company. If you really are in between two or three people, there's no there's nothing wrong with contacting 
two out of those three people because one of them might pay attention to their email more than the other two. So, I mean, yes, don't harass them. But at the same time, you know, it could be that one person that works in that particular one that has that job title that you think is the right fit might actually be doing a completely different project that doesn't even involve voice actors compared to the other person with the other job title that you thought might have also been a good fit. Turns out they use voice actors all the time for their projects. So yep. it does, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have more than one contact from that company, but you shouldn't be contacting every single person from that company at, at yeah. the same token. Going, going through the staff directory and blitzing right. them all. You know, another point to that, too, is, and I've done this before, let's say that there were two contacts and I wasn't sure which one I was going to go with. And so on the first first email, I reach out to the first contact. So whatever, let's say it was the creative director. So I send the email to the creative director, send a follow up to the creative director, don't get any response. Then I might file that lead away for a few months. Next time I go to reach out, this time I'm going to try maybe reaching out to the executive producer. So Mm -hmm. I try reaching out to a different contact on the, on the second time to see if maybe he's the one or she's the one that that's going to produce the results. So let's talk outsourcing lead generation now a little bit. Um, first off, where are you looking when you are hiring your lead generators? Do you have a go-to site or different sites that you like to use or what's your, what's your play for that? I'll be honest. I haven't looked at a particular site to hire somebody. Uh, the first two people I ended up training per se were, so I actually hired, um, other, you know, opera singers who were just looking for other work. That was my particular situation. I was just like, hey, who needs some freelance work that, you know, has the time and ability and the freedom to do so? That being said, I know some people have really enjoyed using places like Upwork. And the person Mm -hmm. that currently lead generates for me does do work on Upwork. But I found him through um, a recommendation from someone. But I know some people enjoy that. So I'd say, you know, probably one of those I'm not sure about Fiverr. I'm going to I'm going to leave that open to someone else to talk about, but I think, you know, <laughs> something like Upwork or something like Task Bunny maybe or Task Rabbit whatever it's called, excuse me. They would they might be one of the better fits for it, but um I I know Upwork. I- I'd say probably Upwork if I were to choose one, that would be my choice. I like the idea of potentially hiring someone that you know, right? I mean, I guess the instinctively, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to Upwork or Freelancer or, you know, VA for VO is a new site that everybody's talking about. And that might be your first initial instinct. But the idea of, you know, do I already have somebody that's in my network? Do I got a, you know, is there a high school kid or a a college student that's looking for a little bit of extra money that uh, can help to pay for some bills or tuition or something like that? That's actually a really good idea and something that maybe we don't always think about instinctively. If you're teaching them anyway, Right. If, if my job is to teach them anyway, then does it specifically matter where they've come from? I mean, yeah, hiring somebody who is an experienced lead generator certainly would come with advantages. They might already have some tools or a certain knowledge base, but I still have to teach them the process of finding voiceover leads. So when when you're doing your hiring, you've, you've hired three different people now. Is, is there an interview or wh- mm-hmm. what's your what's your vetting process to try to determine whether or not this person's even a good fit or they can do the job? What, what do we need to take in mind when we're doing that? Mm-hmm. I would say I did have interviews with people I was looking to hire for lead generator. So lead generation, excuse me. I would hop on a Zoom call and just sort of talk to them, you know, about like, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me a little bit about your experience doing this research. 
And, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be that particular research of voiceover leads in particular, but like, do you have experience in your own? Maybe they happen to also be a freelancer. How do you look for work? How do you look for jobs? Maybe they happen to be a photographer. You know, how do you look for clients? Because lead generation is not just obviously only for voiceover, right? This could, this is a worldwide used skill. So they could actually have that skill set that they don't even realize that they have. Maybe they're really good at social media. Maybe they're really good at LinkedIn. Maybe they're really good at using Google to find, you know, that particular house that they were looking for. You know, that, that those are all skills that they could use. So I would ask them about that. Then I actually came up with a very, very basic quasi training course that was very, very basic. But I would say, you know, I want you to let's do a, a trial run. Yep. Let's maybe do like a week and a half or two weeks. I try to give them a little bit of time because I know it's going to take them a little bit longer. Sure. And I'd say, why don't we do a two-week trial period? Let's just do a, s- a small number. So I might say like, let's just do 50 or let's just do 75. If you don't make all of them, that's okay. But let's see how long it takes you to do that. And then follow whatever those like tiny three-minute video training things I did for those particular social media platforms or with Google, for example. Then I would reach out to them again after that two-week period and be like, okay, you know, be honest with me. How did it go? And they'd be like, uh, yeah, that didn't go so well. Then I'm like, that's totally fine. You know, would you still want to continue and try it out? No, maybe not. Okay, great. Nice to know you. Hope that works out, you know. Or they might say, I really enjoyed it and I think I'm getting faster and faster with it. That being said, I know that it's harder when you are vetting someone and you are training someone. And that's why I think a program like VA for VO is going to be fantastic because they're already doing that work for you in that sense that when there are people who are coming in who maybe do want to do lead generation as an additional income stream for themselves and have that as an additional job, they're already doing that work of training them for you, which is kind of nice. Or you could have someone that, like you said, who was experienced at that, that they do that voice matching or that um, little matching for you to get you to that person. You know, I think that's going to be a really, really great platform for the future, I think, for all different kinds of things. So that is a nice little perk. But when you are doing it on your own, yes, you might have to take a little bit of a trial run period, which can be very frustrating because obviously you want to get the ball, ro- you know, rolling sure. and everything. Yep. But it, it, it is important because... You do have to take that little bit of extra time. Like we said earlier, the quality of leads are going to be that much better that you put that little extra bit of time in rather than just, all right, here you go. SEO, we see it on our own on our own websites. We talk about explainer, e-learning, medical narration, blah, 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 blah. They're going to get all your voice actor peers and colleagues. Yep. And then you're going to be like, well, uh, I told you to look for this. But that's what I did. So you do have to put in that little extra bit of time. Yeah, I definitely did a, a, a similar sort of trial like uh, with the first person. Well, the first person I hired ended up being the one that I kept. But it was like, I want you to find 50. But we went through like 10 at a time, right? Go find mm-hmm. 10. And then we look at those 10 leads together. Okay, these ones are good. Here's why. These ones are bad. Here's why. Go find 10 yes. more, whatever. And and then we got to a point where I could say, yeah, you're you're good to go. Now, every once in a while, a bad lead still comes in. But hey. I find bad leads myself every once in a while too. So when you're working with your your freelancer, I'm curious, are you do you hire them like I'm going to do I'm going to hire you for X number of hours a week or do you hire them on like a project basis so I want you to find X number of leads for me and so it's a project to project mm-hmm. which way do you work? I typically go for the second 
one that you mentioned, like an X number per, you know, I just want you to find this X number. So I might say, I'm really interested this month in explainers, corporate narration, and maybe a sprinkling of like video game companies. Sure. So I'll be like, okay, I want a grand total of whatever it is, 100, 125, but let's do 50 here, 50 here, and 25 here. I might give right. them that. Or if I'm like, no, I only just want to focus on one genre, give me a 125 from this. But again, it depends on what exactly I might be going for. And, you know, I think you and I are similar in the sense that we'll have like maybe a Google sheet, for example, and then we'll actively see them putting it in. And then we can tell them, ooh, okay, that explainer video is looking a bit full. Maybe, ooh, that corporate narration is looking a bit thin. Let's let's add a little more to that one. So you can, but I don't necessarily do an hour per week only because I can only keep up so much with the writing of the emails. I'm not outsourcing my emails yet. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you do outsource your emails, that's a separate thing. But if you are only outsourcing your lead generation and you yourself are writing the emails, you know, that is another time crunch as well. So it's how much you can keep up with that. I try to give the same thing to the lead generator, be like, just find this X number and maybe for these two genres, go and, you know, see what they come up with. I'm curious, maybe you have an answer for this, maybe you don't, but when it comes to lead generation, do you have an an equation or an approximation of, okay, if you ask somebody for 100 leads, for example, you know that it's going to take approximately this many hours. Have you you paid attention to that data at all, or is it just Mm -hmm. find me 100 leads, get back to me when you're done? I think... When you do your own lead generation, you can get a good a, a good feeling for, all right, if I were to find 100 leads and I gave myself this amount of time, you know, I could easily get that done. Or I could probably shave off a day or two. You know, when, when you have that practice, you can kind of get that idea. I think if you don't have that practice, it might be a little bit harder to gauge that time period. But yes, I'd say I could probably give them a week and that's more than enough for a number like 100. Now, if right. it was a much bigger number, I might have to be a little more lenient in terms of the time period. But for how I operate and the genres I'm looking for now, if it's a genre that might be a little more obscure, that might be more difficult. But, you know, I don't I think that's a little bit more of a rarity unless you're doing something very very particular like audio description or something that might be a little bit harder to find. But if you're looking for something very generic, like commercial, they should easily be able to find, you know, whatever that X number is by that time period, you know, when you've had that amount of practice yourself. You touched on this a bit, but let's talk a little bit about workflow. Are you giving them access Mm -hmm. to your CRM and they're putting stuff directly into your CRM? Are you doing like a shared Google Doc or what does that look like for them to build the list for you and, and you to receive the list? I think uh, it's it's based on your own personal preference. Myself, I haven't quite let go of my CRM yet. I'm still holding on and clutching it for dear life. <laughs> I am right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> but that is to say, I love a spreadsheet. I love my, I have too many spreadsheets, but I love them all equally. Yes, equally. And so then I'll have a spreadsheet and I'll have tabs for different genres And then I will give them access to the spreadsheet, make them an editor. That way I can see in real time when they're doing this. Or like you said, a bad lead comes through. I can leave a comment and say, hey, this email didn't end up working. Could you please go through and, you know, check that 
just to let you know. Or, you know, if you need to leave some sort of comment for them, it's it's easier to do that in real time. So I personally prefer Google Sheets because it's so easy to see in real time. I know yep. Canva did come up with a docs. I haven't quite checked that out, but Google is obviously my preferred. I have a Google phone. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Google gal. But I think for CRM, I have yet to do that. Maybe if you were to have a personal assistant or a virtual assistant, excuse me, then maybe they could do that for you as an in putting it into your CRM. I like the idea of putting into my CRM myself. Currently right now, that that answer may change maybe in a year or so. Yep. But I like that extra bit of reinforcement of seeing that person's name, their job title, that email, putting the info myself and making that note so I don't forget who it is. But that's just me. That's such a diplomatic answer because my answer is I have trust issues. <laughs> And I just don't want to give people access to my CRM. I so. mean, it's it's valid. And, and and to that point, I mean, some people obviously are, are a little afraid of outsourcing sure. things like lead generation. And I, and I do because I was the same way. I, I really see from their point of view because you think, well, I do such a great job myself and I can save this money. And I, I get it. I really, truly get it. But I think when you do put in that time to train somebody and you do, quote unquote, cough up that money to have that person do that, think of the amount of time it takes you. Even if you are quite good at lead generation, that's still time that we know our time is valuable that you could have back for that marketing to catch up for the lead generation, for that content creation, for that, um, you know, maybe you're working on the coaching and you need time to practice what your coach is telling you to do. That is time that's given back to you. So I, I see both sides of the coin. But ultimately, it is an investment and it is something that is going to help you grow your business. So I, I, I do I do see it. And I know trust issues aside, I think ultimately it will be for your benefit. I think I've been working with my lead generator for probably five or six years now, at least maybe. Like it was the very first thing that I was like, I can't do this anymore. The amount of time that I was spending doing it. And it was a task that I didn't have to be doing. I exactly. still take those leads and put them into my CRM and and I add them as I'm contacting them. So it's not like, I don't feel Mm -hmm. like it's creating extra work and I've got, I've got workflows for that. But the idea of, of, you know, for all intents and purposes, a stranger having access to my complete database of thousands of people. It's daunting. It's very daunting. It was a little concerning for me, but the actual act of outsourcing the lead generation itself was one of the best things that I ever did for my business. And and that and that's the answer right there. Yeah. It it was the best thing that happened to you. Yep. And and that is something that you don't necessarily see at the beginning, but yep. ultimately it does help you. Yeah, that's that's five or five or ten hours a week sometimes that I get back that I can spend doing other things that only I can do. Mm-hmm. One more question for the lead generation. Um are there any tools that you recommend? Is there like, oh when I discovered this website it was game changing for me or you know, any tools for finding leads themselves, finding emails or, or anything like that that you think that we should be checking out? Yes. Yes, definitely. So you had mentioned, I think in the playbook, you had mentioned Hunter.io, yeah. which is fantastic. We we love Hunter.io. Yes, we do. But I would there was another one. Oh, yes. Apollo. Okay. Apollo is another one that's really great. You don't have to do the paid version. You can do the simple version and... At least with Google Chrome, I cannot speak to other browsers. You can add it as a plugin to your browser, which is a great way to kind of find that person's email, maybe even their phone number if you prefer to cold call. 
So I prefer those two. Plus, when you're speaking about workflow, in terms of productivity, as we know with, you know, if you're writing a cold email and you're trying to find that thing that you can talk to them about, you're searching through their YouTube, there's the danger we can go down the YouTube rabbit hole. So if you need no. yes, if you need some sort of way to keep yourself from getting so from staying in that workflow and from spending hours watching sing swearing opera videos which which obviously can happen <laughs> you I prefer <laughs> this app that I found called Forest and I have an Android okay. phone and I know you can easily find it on iPhone but it is a fantastic little app that it grows a little tree and you can set a time timeline so it could be you know 30 minutes an hour hour and a half whatever and the little tree starts to grow but it nags at you to not leave your screen and you so you can use your phone but it it's sort of that gamification aspect so it keeps you on that workflow so when i know okay i have to do that lead generation or i have to you know make those emails that my lead generator sent me even if i sent that 30 or 45 minute time limit, then I know that that workflow is going to happen because I'm seeing my little tree growing. I'm like, I have to grow the tree. I have to grow the tree. So I don't know. It, it's a fun little tool I like to use, not necessarily for lead generation specifically, but I think maybe if you are doing lead generation, that could be a great way to keep you on task. Just to stay on task. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I used a similar app when I, I needed to get into the habit of drinking more water and it would grow this little greenhouse full of plants. And if you didn't register that you had drank water you know your plants would start to die and if you didn't drink a certain amount throughout the day so i get the whole gamification side of things and and that absolutely works all right well we will put links to those different resources that you mentioned we'll put those in the show notes uh um, apollo and hunter and forest and we'll, we'll put those there so you can take a look at them if you need to or if you want to check out some of those tools hunter was a huge thing for me to discover that one so any any parting thoughts like, oh, this is the ultimate lead generation tip, or this is one thing that everybody needs to know about lead generation? Anything that we didn't cover that I that I should have asked you that, uh, that you want to share? If you are starting lead generation on your own for the first time, it's going to take a while, but you will get into the flow. You will get into the practice. You will, obviously, the more you practice, the more you start to see patterns or you start to see this. I would say one thing to play with is don't be afraid to put your researcher hat on or don't be afraid to put your librarian hat on. If you remember those days in school when you'd go to the library and the librarian would talk to you and how to use the catalog. You know, we remember those days. And uh, if you were a cool kid like me, I went to the library all the time. I did too, but it was just to look at Where's Waldo books. I wasn't really doing anything productive there. come on. (laughs) (laughs) Then... Sort of take take a look at how they search for things in the catalog and utilize that when you're searching on your own as well. There are most people just think, okay, I'm just going to put the same keywords over and over. Change it up. Yep. Maybe add location. Maybe add and. Maybe add or. Maybe yep. add not. You know, a Boolean search. Yep. Um, there there are ways that you can sort of tweak the search to get slightly different results because, yep. you know, Google. And and other search engines like Bing and, and Yahoo and whatnot, they're going to do their best to try and understand what you're saying. But ultimately, it's a computer. Yep. So it's not like you're talking to a human being when you're looking online on Google or you're looking through a social media profile. They're trying to understand what you're putting in. So you have to 
play a little bit with the search terms and the keywords or the job titles or whatever it is you're searching for to get different results. So just don't be afraid to put your researcher hat on. Don't be afraid to, to be a librarian for those 45 minutes. I would always say channel your inner Scooby-Doo because, you know, you, so you got a mystery to solve, right? Find, find the exactly. right lead, find the right person, whatever. You know, the other thing that I always like to suggest is when you find a lead that works, right, you find the, this production company that's like the perfect production company. What are the keywords that they've got written all over their website? Because those mm-hmm. are the things that they're hoping to be found for. And so those become potential search strings that you can ultimately use to try to, to come up with a, a different set of results. And so it's a necessary evil of the job, right? I know I, I have yet to meet a voice actor who's like, I'm so excited to do lead generation today. I can't wait to get out of bed and do lead generation today. No, nobody thinks like that. But there are things that we can do to make it easier. There are things that we can do to make it more productive, to become more efficient at it and and if you want to have more work, you got to have more leads. So, Nadia, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you for everything that you've shared and all the little golden nuggets that you dropped in here along the way. I know this is going to be really helpful to a lot of different people. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Nadia offered so many great tips for lead generation, both doing it for yourself and working with a freelancer. I know this episode is going to be helpful to you. Now, if you want to reach out to Nadia, maybe you've got a question about something you heard in today's episode. Maybe you'd like to take it just one step further. Her website is voicesbynadia.com. That's voicesbynadia.com. And that'll be in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, if you learned something new, if, if Nadia gave you a really good and helpful tip, would you do me a favor and post it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Mark Scott and tag Nadia at Voices by Nadia. We'd really appreciate it. And by the way, while you're on Instagram, make sure that you head over to her profile and look for the Sing Swear Reel, which I will also link in the show notes. I really do hope that this episode has been helpful and inspiring for you and that you've got some new ideas now for how you are going to tackle the task of lead generation. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday Vopreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. Having your voiceover demos easily playable and downloadable on your website is essential. The VoiceAM player lets you do that across any device and browser. There are also options for adding play buttons in your email signature, tracking your listens, and even putting videos in your demo player. Sign up now at voicesam.com slash markscott and receive an instant $25 credit. For full details and to claim this offer, visit voicesam.com slash markscott. And scene. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more Vopreneur goodness? Jump online at vopreneur.com.